Hi guys, welcome to It's Your Turn podcast. I'm Skye, I'm a functional medicine certified health coach, and I'm here to share anything and everything to do with self-improvement. I really enjoy sharing all that I'm learning about health, about nutrition, most of all about mindset. And I'm also here to share other people's stories of their health challenges and to help celebrate their successes. I feel like this is such an important piece because I feel like in other people's stories, we can really learn and see what's possible for us in our lives. Welcome to It's Your Turn podcast. This is Sky, and today I wanted to get on and talk about setting some new goals for 2023. You know, while I don't believe we have to have a new year to make changes in our lives or to set new goals or to work toward better health, you know, we can start that today. But I want to challenge you to spend these last weeks of this year really doing some work on yourself, looking at past behaviors. I have some strategies that I used for myself as I went through the process of my own health and weight loss transformation several years ago. And I want to share those strategies. I want to share these tools that I still use to this day to maintain the, the weight I've lost or to, you know, add new goals to better my health. Looking to Thanksgiving next week, it's just so important to take a step back and look at everything that we have to be grateful for, for our health, um, for our families. My oldest daughter just had her first child, my first grandchild, and it just put things even more into perspective of how important it is to, to really find the discipline, to do the work, to make the changes, to be here for our family and not just to be here for our family. That's where it gets tough is, you know, life throws us curves all the time. And I want to help people to navigate those curveballs that, that get in our way and that throw us off track. We can't lose focus of what's important to us because our, our future health depends on our everyday habits and the consistency of these habits. And so looking at that new grandbaby, it just makes me even more want to do the work because I want to be here. And not only do I want to be here, I want to be here in good health for as long as possible. You know, we can't control everything about our future health, but there is so much we can control. And so if you're new to me, I'm a functional medicine certified health coach I have three daughters, um, one new granddaughter, and you know I started this podcast as a way of reaching out and connecting with other women who are kind of in the same season of their life. I'm 51. Um, I feel like many of us women have spent a lot of our lives, you know, taking care of everybody around us, and and realizing later in life that we really haven't been putting ourselves on the list. You know, we haven't been prioritizing our health and I feel like we are conditioned to feel guilty or selfish for taking the time for ourselves. And I'm here to say that it's not selfish. It's necessary. I know for myself, I am a better mother. I'm a better wife. I'm a better friend. You know, all of the things when I take care of myself, I'm happier and it really is a gift to your family and everybody around you when you take the time to take care of yourself. 
And so I encourage you to, to set some goals, look at the things that aren't working for you. And, you know, I really want to help, help you to strategize and prepare for the new year in doing some things differently. And so I encourage you to get out a notebook and a pen. There are some steps that I really feel can help people to, to be successful with their goals, you know, but first we have to realize what it is that we keep repeating that isn't serving us. I'm also going to ask that you listen through to the end of the podcast, because I have a message that I want to share with people that really is close to my heart. And I really think it is so important to hear. First and foremost, I want to talk about the importance of getting out of this on and off dieting mentality that many of us have adapted over the years of being stuck in that cycle. You know, we really need to work toward getting into the lifestyle mindset. And when I talk about this podcast about doing it differently, that's kind of what I want to focus on today is, you know, I didn't know it at the time, but I do know that when I made the decision to get control of my weight, I knew that I needed to do things differently. I knew that I needed to sit down and really figure out and think about What are the things that have held me back? What are the patterns I keep repeating over and over? You know, at what point do I fall off the rails? And for for what reason? I knew I needed to figure these pieces out. And so I want to help other people to do that work. Or maybe you've given up. Maybe you don't think it's possible. You know, there's so many different um, pieces that come into play as far as clear information, you know, getting, debunking the misinformation, mindset, motivation, you know, figuring out our triggers. And so I kind of want to go through that today. I want to reach out to people who have either given up on their health goals, on their weight loss goals, or people who are kind of stuck in that hamster wheel of just, you know, losing the weight, gaining the weight, you know, over and over again. And just because I know that cycle and I know how hard that is emotionally. And I want to help you work through that. And so when I say doing it differently, for me, it definitely started out with making the decision. I was just so tired of living on the sidelines of my life and watching everybody else live their lives. You know, I was the mom behind the cameras while everybody was doing the activities, you know, and not to say I couldn't have done some of them, some of them physically, I could not. But a lot of it was, you know, my lack of self-confidence and I guess the shame that I carried around and the embarrassment of having let myself get in this place, you know, my health so far out of control, my weight so far out of control, um, that I just, I didn't feel present in my life. I was dealing with a lot of depression and those depression, you know, cycles of depression were kind of that question, am I depressed because of my weight and my health or is my health and my weight problem because of depression. And I couldn't get out of that cycle. And so that was my, my starting place, knowing that no matter what it was going to take, I was going to do the work. It was kind of one of those choose your hard moments where, you know, I knew it was going to be hard to make, make real change in my life. But I also knew how hard it was being in the place that I was at you know, physically, emotionally, it was, it was such a hard place to be, to look in the mirror and to not recognize myself. 
you know, my confidence was so low, my self-worth was on the floor. And it had been that way for so many years that I was just sick and tired of being sick and tired. I wanted to, I wanted to show my daughters that they need to value themselves. And here I was not, you know, taking care of my health. You know, I, I knew I wasn't modeling well for them. And so that was my first aha was I need to stop wishing and wanting my life to be different and wishing I could lose the weight and wanting to be in better health and, you know, wishing I could go out there and play volleyball with my daughters or ride a bike or get on the carnival ride. I knew I needed to make a decision and put it out there that I was going to lose the weight. I needed to change that vocabulary even to myself. I needed to give myself that direction and the permission to make mistakes and to get back up and to keep moving toward the, the, the end goal. You know, at that time thinking there was an end goal and there really isn't an end goal. But at that time I knew it had to be a decision, not a wishy-washy. Okay. So number one, you know, we have to make that decision. That was, that was my first doing it differently technique. Um, and I look back and, and there really were actual tangible things that I did that I, I love sharing with people because they made the difference. Um, I had been on every diet from the cabbage soup diet, slim fast, Weight Watchers, and not to say that I'm not dogging, you know, Weight Watchers or any of these programs, but for me, they were a diet. I was either on or off, and that was a big piece. Um, and so that was kind of the first thing is I knew I needed to make the decision. The second thing, many of us, you know, say that we want to have our energy back. We want to be more active and, you know, we, we want our future health to be good for our family members and to maybe keep up, be able to have the energy to keep up with our kids or our grandkids. You know, I feel like those are important, but what is going to actually get you off the couch at seven o'clock at night <laughs> when you want to sit there and watch Netflix, what is going to actually get you off the couch and onto your treadmill or whatever your you know goal is, what is going to keep you toying the line with, with the diet that you designed for yourself? What, what is it, you know? I remember thinking that as I'm working with people thinking, I don't want to make it about vanity, but for me, I'm going to be real. A lot of my why was I was tired of being so uncomfortable in my skin. I was tired of wearing a size 24 women's clothing and a men's three X shirt and having to shop in either the men's section or, you know, Lane Bryant. I mean, this is in my twenties, <laughs> we didn't have Torrid and all these, you know, cute plus sizes, you know, that was a lot of my why I wanted to, I wanted to feel good. I wanted to look good. And there's nothing wrong with that. To this day, I am at my happiest when I feel good in my skin. And of course it's about, as I get older, of course, it's about gaining health and, you know, thinking of getting myself out of high risk categories for disease, but there is a part of, of many of us that want to feel good and, you know, be excited to dress up and go out for an evening, you know, be excited to go shopping and not have it turn into stress and anxiety and frustration. I mean, I, yeah, I didn't, I never looked forward to shopping back in the day. And so, you know, that can be part of your why, if, if that's, important to you, let it be important to you and don't feel guilty for it. A lot of, of my why was I wanted to show my girls. I wanted to be an example for my, my daughters. I didn't want to keep telling them what they needed to do. 
you know, words mean nothing when we're not living that and we're not showing them through our actions that we value ourselves. And so that was huge to me is to stop hiding out in my life and to let them see that I valued myself and to model that for them. Um, I wanted to feel strong. I wanted to have energy. I wanted to be able to walk up a flight of stairs and not be heaving and hoeing or trying to pretend like I wasn't, you know, I wanted to go on carnival rides. I wanted to ride a bike again. I wanted to, there's so many things and you really have to dig deep and write those out, you know, do the work. What is it that if you're consistent with your, the goals that you set for yourself and you honor those commitments, what is that going to look? How is that going to show up in your life in six months? How is that going to change your everyday existence, you know, and really attach feelings to that? How is that going to feel? How is it going to feel when you go out dancing again and you something that you used to enjoy that you're doing again? How, how much fun is that going to be? You know, really think about the everyday things because, you know, you'll learn that it is the small, consistent changes we make in our life. Sometimes they're big changes, but it is about consistency. And so how is that going to change your everyday life? So that was, you know, really figuring out your why that was, that was huge for me. The next thing that, that changed a lot for me was to make myself accountable. So many times, you know, I cannot tell you how many Mondays came and went, how many new year's days came and went, you know, the big resolution I had set up for myself. And that was because, you know, nobody was ever the wiser. These were, you know, Monday, I'm going to get it together. Monday, I'm going to get back on this diet. Monday, I'm going to start getting on my treadmill every day. I always had these, you know, these dates and they always came and went because I, I never voiced them. I never put them out there. I never made myself accountable on any level. So it was easy. It was easy to, you know, to let those days come and go, but yet it wasn't because I was letting myself down time and time again. I was not honoring a commitment to myself, which only compounded, you know, how I felt about me having no willpower. And so to make yourself accountable, this looks differently for everybody. I mean, it could be talking to a family member, to a close friend, um, a coworker, um, your significant other, you know, really putting it out there into the universe. It is amazing how that felt differently for me. And so I had made the decision. I had, you know, decided here's why I want to do this. Well, I went to work that Monday. I remember clearly, and I went to a coworker who was also a dear friend. And I told her, I'm going to lose a hundred pounds. I mean, this wasn't New Year's Day. It wasn't, but I had hit my, my turning point and I just knew I, I needed to do the hard work. I needed to change my life. And I told her, I'm going to lose a hundred pounds this year. And I remember her just kind of like, oh, easy, you know, just, you know, don't, don't expect too much of yourself. Well, I lost 80 pounds that first year and that was okay. I mean, I was super, super proud of it. I had the momentum going. Um, I went on to lose a total of 120 pounds. Um, you know, the rest had come off in the next couple of years leading, you know, after that. But when I had told her, it felt different immediately, you know, just putting it out there to the universe, you know, almost manifesting it. This is what I'm going to do. I have made a decision and now I have voiced it. (laughs) I have made myself accountable on a certain level. And so that changed things for me. So I encourage people to do that, to, to put it out there because you've made the decision, you know, next, I know as I was making, you know, kind of deciding how I'm going to go about this, how am I going to start? I knew that I needed to 
set a realistic plan. It, you know, in the past, I had always wanted to do the big 180. I'm going to change the way I'm eating. I'm going to track my food. I'm going to, you know, drink this much water. I'm going to count my calories or I'm going to do strength training three times a week plus walks. I'm going to, you know, <laughs> we set ourselves up for failure. They're just, it's just not sustainable to expect all this change and to juggle that many balls. You know, I love this analogy of, you know, dribbling a soccer ball down the field and, you know, you can dribble one or two balls, but you're, if you're trying to dribble three, four or five balls down the field, you, you're going to half-ass it. And a lot of those are going to go off the wayside pretty quickly. You've, you know, we've set ourselves up to fail by trying to overcommit and trying to, you know, just overhaul our entire life. So for me, that was definitely do it differently. Do not set myself up to fail. That was, you know, part of figuring out my triggers. And so that kind of falls under that category of figure out the triggers, figure out the reasons why you keep repeating the same pattern, but at what point does it fall apart? Figure that out. Sit down and figure that out. Um, you know, doing the 180, that was my top one. Don't overcommit, you know, figure out, a, choose a sustainable, non-negotiable goal. For me, I encourage people to do that with movement, you know, whether it's daily walking or say it, say it's three times a week, you have a 20 minute workout. Don't, don't go crazy with it, but something that you know you can sustain and make that goal non-negotiable, like along with that, you know, as the momentum builds and as you start feeling proud and of yourself or keeping this commitment to yourself and your confidence starts creeping up and the, the voice in your head starting to talk a little kinder to yourself because, wow, you know, you're keeping this goal. I'm proud of you. And other pieces start falling into place. It starts eking out pretty quickly. So while I told myself for that first year, my non-negotiable goal, and I set this for myself, was to get on my treadmill every single day. And like I said, I lost 80 pounds that first year. I did not lose 80 pounds that first year because I got on my treadmill 20 minutes a day. I lost 80 pounds that first year because I kept a commitment to myself. I did not give up on myself. You know, I honored a commitment to myself and it was the first time I had ever really been uh, consistent with keeping that promise. And so I remember being, you know, two months, three months in thinking, damn, you know, I'm still doing this no matter what happened during this day and how busy I got. And maybe I ate horribly that day. I still kept this commitment to myself with, with my treadmill. That was, that's my main non-negotiable. And so everything else was a bonus. That's how I looked at it. Everything else was a bonus. I'm snacking less. I'm choosing better foods to eat. You know, that was a big plus for me. But no matter what happened that day, I'm not going to beat myself up because I still kept to my non-negotiable goal. I think that is so important for us. And it changed so much for me. You know, on a side note, that's, we talk about motivation and inspiration and how to build that. You know, people ask me, how do you stay motivated? Motivation comes from doing. Inspiration comes from looking to an outside source or person. You know, what if they look at the changes they've made in your life and then, wow, that's inspiring. I, I want that for my life. That doesn't last. That's, that doesn't get you anywhere for very long. Um, and motivation, you know, I get motivated by seeing th certain things. In fact, I used to, you know, be a big fan of the kind of the extreme weight loss shows because I always thought, okay, this is going to motivate me. It's going to make me want to change my life. And so motivation comes from doing. I am telling you, it comes from doing. Every time you keep that commitment to yourself, you are motivated to do more. I didn't like getting on the treadmill. It did not feel good. I was 300 pounds. My knees killed me. Um, it was uncomfortable. I didn't look forward to it ever. 
And as it started getting a little easier, I knew I needed to increase my incline. I knew I needed to uh, increase my speed. I knew I couldn't let it get easy. I needed to stay uncomfortable because it felt so good when I was done. I felt so accomplished. Like just breaking that sweat felt so good. And again, I didn't love it in the moment. What I loved was what it brought into my life, the momentum, the the confidence. I mean, it changed everything. And so, you know, keeping that commitment to yourself is, is huge. Um, that is my little take on motivation and, and inspiration. Motivation comes from doing. And so, you know, when we talk about, again, finding our triggers, sometimes a trigger might be that for myself, I'm using examples, I learned that I couldn't really go out with the girls and have some drinks early on. I knew I did not have the resolve yet. I knew that looking back, that was what made me throw in the towel at different times. You know, we went out for a weekend or we went camping and we were all drinking and, you know, I feel crappy that night. Like I could have all the resolve in the world, you know, with how I, how I chose to eat and, and a few drinks later, I'm into a bag of Dorito, whatever. I'm eating all the crap. I'm not feeling good about that. The next day, I'm still not feeling good about that. And I feel crappy because I drank the night before. And so then there I go. There goes my falling off the rails and spiraling. And so for the most part, I was never able to really get back on. So, you know, to this day, I feel like if you have a day like that, now I have learned it is not on and off. There is no, you know, there's no quitting. This is a lifestyle. That was a bad day. The next day, I need to look forward and not dwell on that. Move forward. You know, you didn't undo everything in a day. And so that was one of my triggers. I knew that I couldn't really, I needed to wait a while. I needed to have some momentum build up and I needed to have my resolve built up in order to know that I was strong enough to go out and have a drink, be able to allow myself a little grace the next day without all the negative self-talk, but that took some time. And I knew that about myself. Lady, I know that at this point in our lives, we're onto our own shit. And so this is the work that needs to be done. You really need to figure out what is it. And so, you know, the other trigger for me was the scale getting two, three weeks in, I am doing all the things I am following this diet to a T because again, I am type A and it's going to be completely on to perfection, or it's going to be completely off to a fault. And so I would, you know, go a few weeks and I would get on that scale. If I did not see the number that I wanted to see, which was 90% of the time the case, it just was so frustrating to me that I would just throw up my hands and I'm done, 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 done. There I go off the rails, you know, off the whole program. And so I learned just not to weigh myself. I mean, quite honestly, this time, again, doing it differently and putting so much into this because I needed it that bad. I really thought about like, I knew that I needed to stop weighing myself. I knew that that was going to throw me off. And so because I felt so deeply that this was it, this was my decision. I'm changing, I'm changing it up. I knew that I was not going to fail. I knew that I didn't care how long it took. I was going to keep going. So I did get that starting weight. I got on a scale. I was 298. I was two pounds away from 300. I got on that scale. I even went into the doctor during that time because I was like, you know what? I, I've neglected my health this long. I wanted to get a clean bill of health and I knew I was making big changes. And so, you know, I weighed myself. I took some pictures of myself. I think that was priceless to have pictures, people. It is, it isn't just that like I've lost 
you know, 20 pounds or it isn't that I went down a size. It is honest to God. It is, it shows in your face. It shows in your eyes, how you feel about yourself. Oh, I look at pictures of myself back in the day and it really breaks my heart. Like I literally can cry when I look at those pictures. I was so a shell of myself. I was so unhappy, you know, and again, it wasn't just the weight. It was the combination of it all. Um, and when it comes to the scale, I did wait uh, three months or was it four months the first time I weighed myself because I felt pretty confident I was going to see a good number. And I'm not going to lie when I did weigh myself and it was 15 pounds, I believe it was three months. I was disappointed. I felt like I had lost so much more, but that told me right there, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. My energy was up. You know, I'm wearing clothes that I haven't worn in so long and I felt good in them. Um, I mean, so much had changed and 15 pounds. Are you kidding me? That's a lot. You know, you look at those pictures of, I mean, I was thinking of even like a pound of hamburger, you know, 15 of these. I mean, they're, they're all over. Like where did all of them come from? I mean, they're distributed throughout my body. And more than that, I knew they weren't coming back. People, if you lose five pounds, but you're in this mindset, you've made the decision, you've gotten rid of the excuses, you know why you're doing this and you're moving forward as a lifestyle, you just know those pounds aren't coming back. I knew. So I was disappointed, but I knew in my heart, like, okay, I'm never going to see this number again. It's going down from here. And I felt so confident about it. I just, I just, it was just a knowing because boy, I'm stubborn. And even though I hadn't figured it out all those years, of course, I was working with a lot of incorrect information, but I knew that, you know, I had gotten the momentum. I'm feeling proud of myself. I, I did not want to lose that feeling. And when you're talking about comparing, you know, choosing your hard already, like I'm just months in, three months in, I already had, you know, changed a lot of those conversations to myself. I, I already was feeling proud. I already was excited and I knew that good things were coming and I was feeling better. And so those all fall under figuring, you know, figuring out your triggers and do that work. It, it, it can change so much. As far as advice on mindset, my biggest piece of advice after 12 years of being in this process of self-improvement and improving my health and you know, working to maintain my weight loss is where focus goes, energy flows. And I think about this a lot because I know myself and I know my patterns and I know you know yourself and you know your patterns. When you let things get away from you um, and you're not putting, you know, intentional focus in these areas, how quickly we can get distracted you know, not only does life throw curves at us, you know, between work, events at home, a family member getting sick, um, going on a vacation, starting a new job, there are so many things that can throw us off track and distract us from, from how important these goals are and how much it means to you and how good you were feeling. We can easily get distracted, but you can't get distracted when you pour in every day and that becomes a habit. It was not easy back in the day. We didn't have, you know, podcasts. We didn't have social media. We didn't have access to the information we have now. I would always be learning, always be reading. I mean, I think more than anything, that's kind of what kept my focus daily was listening to people who inspired me, whether it be Oprah for motivation and just the way that she looked at things differently. You know, um, Jillian Michaels, you know, she's a, a trainer and she's kind of a hardcore trainer, but I, I loved her book. She was so direct and, and, 
you know, she knew what she was talking about. And I wanted to learn. I, I, I didn't want any more gimmicks. I didn't want any more promises of losing weight quick because I had done them all and I had lost the weight quick and I had gained it back and I went through the shame and embarrassment. It was really hard. And so I just had to educate myself, but now it's so much easier. Like we have so much information at our fingertips. So, you know, while it's overwhelming and there is a lot of misinformation out there, um, I'm talking more about follow people who inspire you. You know, pouring in every day, again, um, I hope to be that person for people also. Like I said, with podcasting, I've got several people I listen to because, boy, if I'm on a long trip, I love having back-to-back episodes that fill me up. They change. They have changed the way I view things. They have changed, you know, it's almost like a learned behavior of getting out of that ego self, which is basically, you know, that part of ourselves that wants to stay safe and wants to just stay in the predictable and not step out of our comfort zone, you know, because, you know, what if you fail? What if you embarrass yourself? That's the ego that's always there. You know, I have learned to put that ego self in in the back seat. Like it's always still there and it creeps up at different times and it's a scary feeling and it's, um, but I've learned to kind of tell that part of myself, you know, you're here. I acknowledge that, but I'm in the driver's seat and I'm moving forward as scary and as uncomfortable as some of these things have been. Starting this podcast was terrifying to me. I mean, I had knots in my stomach. It took me several weeks before I was willing to publish an episode publicly that wasn't in my safe little Facebook group because, you know, what if, what if, what if? And those feelings creep up on me. But I have felt like I have so much that I want to share. And part of me feels like I went through so many years of struggle that part of me feels like I owe it to somebody else. You know, first of all, maybe that struggle was worth it because I'm able to pull from that and relate to people in a way that somebody else might not be able to, who hasn't lived it. And so I feel like maybe that's why I went through that for so long so that I could help other people. I mean, certainly that's part of you know, me getting into health coaching and wanting to connect with other women, because I love connecting with people on this level of, you know, let's, let's do this, let's make our changes. And so just filling up every day, keep that carrot in front of you, what is it that you want? Um, And some way or another, fill up every day. And I know my patterns. And so I know, when I'm getting off track, when I haven't, a couple days, I haven't been pouring in maybe at breakfast time, I'm not taking the time to fill up my water bottle with my cucumber, or maybe on Sunday, I'm not going to the store and getting some, you know, wholesome foods or taking the time to meal prep for the week. I know those little signals to myself because people, we are so onto our own shit at this point in our lives. You know, those subtle little changes that if you're not making effort, you're headed towards, you know, getting off of your consistency. I feel like getting in the habit of a lot of the things that are serving us that are starting off your day right. And that includes, you know, your focus. I, I do not get out of bed when my eyes open. I take a few minutes, I do some breathing exercises. And while I'm doing that, I'm really focusing on my intentions for the day. What do I, what is important to me? At the end of the day, when my head hits the pillow, I want to feel like, you know, I was able to get those things in. I want to get enough protein today. I want to drink my water. I want to get my walk in, you know, I want to have, reached out to somebody and made a connection. There's just certain things that you kind of get in that habit. So make that a habit. 
don't just jump out of bed, set your intention. I've been known to make myself a little sticky note and I still do that, especially when I get really busy um, and I start going to bed thinking, oh, I forgot to take my supplements or I forgot this. So I like to keep a little list of, it's kind of a short list of don't forget because we all get busy. We are busy. I mean, we juggle a lot every day and if it's important to you, keep it in front of you. And that's part of, you know, fixing our focus and having that daily focus. It is, it can be so it's life-changing. And I feel like there's so much now that we have access to, you know, a lot of times, you know, when we go back to um, finding some of our triggers, I kind of attribute that to social media. One of my triggers was being, you know, comparing myself, always comparing myself. And, you know, they say comparison is the thief of happiness. And I believe that like, at this point um, in my life, I don't compare myself like I did back in the day. I, you know, it's me versus me. I want to be the best version of myself. I have made peace with that. I am, you know, I love myself. I love my body. I am compassionate to myself. I give myself grace. You know, I always think, talk to yourself like you would your best friend or your daughter. But when it comes to social media, a lot of us do that. I know my my daughters do that. And I have asked my 18-year-old, you know, when she is feeling down about herself and I ask her, what do you, what are you following on social media? Does that, how do you feel? How does that make you feel? And she admittedly says she feels bad about herself when she follows certain people or she spends too much time on there. She's comparing and she sees these other girls with, you know, better skin, better this, better that. Don't do that to yourself. We are not in a competition with anybody. We are running our own race. And I feel like at this point, I have definitely designed my social media. I don't unfriend people necessarily, but I unfollow people at times that are negative, that, you know, it's always complaining, always focusing on things that aren't going right or drama with their, you know, relationships. I just, I just don't want that kind of energy in my life. And so, you know, I do follow a lot of people that inspire me, people that motivate me. And so anymore, you know, my, you know, Facebook and all these algorithms for uh, Instagram and Facebook, you know, they put in front of you more of what you're looking at. And so, I definitely, I'm okay with my social media because I have kind of designed it that way. And, you know, when I, sometimes you get sucked into, into watching those reels and it's kind of fun. And I have a lot of health coaches pop up on mine because I'm always interested in learning and, you know, things about nutrition and stuff. But, you know, those ones that pop up where it's, you know, people attacking each other, treating each other horribly, you know, especially the physical violence. I just can't, I can't watch those things. Um, I can't watch movies that, I mean, that are violent or gruesome. They, they literally disturb my mind and I can feel how it changes my, my energy. I don't tune into things like that, you know? And so again, daily focus is huge, huge, huge. I, I'm learning more about meditation and that is really exciting to me because it's teaching me to be more present, which is helping me with anxiety. It's helping me with getting into those patterns of regret, remorse, feeling guilty, you know, as parents, or even if you're not a parent, I mean, we all have things that we look back on and we re regret and we get depressed about or anxious about and feel guilty about and shame, you know? Um, and so meditation helps you train your mind to just be more present, to not live back there, not bring, let those feelings overcome you. Um, and it also helps to keep you present and that you're not, you know, it, for me, it helps me to lower my anxiety of looking forward because we're always, you know, we can be anxious and worried and, 
you know, is this going to happen? Could this happen? What if? And, you know, maybe just being concerned about, you know, health issues and just, it really does practice that part of our mind that can help us to check back into the present. And so if I could say anything that has changed my life this last year, that has been the power of our mind over our reality is been amazing you know, manifesting things into our life, looking for evidence of good things that are to come. The more we look for it, the more they show up, the the more that just snowballs, um, you know, imagery, how connecting emotion with the things that we want to see play out, you know, really sinking into that, how much that has helped bring things into my life. Um, The meditation, breathing exercises, how much that can help physically um, with our health, um, anxiety, stress, how much it relieves stress. There are so many great things that, you know, I can't speak for everybody, but a lot of women my age, um, you know, we might call them woo woo and <laughs> things that we just hadn't really been introduced to more than anything. And so part of who I am and how I want to help people is to, you know, encourage people to be open-minded about new things, new experiences, learning things that, that we don't understand and, and just being open to that, trying it again, stepping out of our comfort zone and getting uncomfortable. Meditation is, you know, you hear a lot about how some of the top athletes in the world, you know, have a daily meditation practice. The people that I follow who talk about successful people, um, be it, you know, athletes, um, actors, um, you know, movie, right. Just people who are creative, and who excel in what they do, almost every single one of them has a meditation practice. And that might look different for everybody. Um, Some people meditating might be, um, you know, walking in nature. Some people might be gardening. Some people might be doing something that kind of puts you in a zone of all your focus about is here and the now. To me, meditation and imagery, have been just powerful. And so I would love you to subscribe to my podcast. I would love you to share it with a friend. Um, as you know, as I'm learning these different practices and, you know, information and I love sharing. And so that's what has been the most fun. Um, you know, grab a friend, a loved one, a sister, a, a partner, and really do the work, really think about, you know, changing your life next year, you know, we can change so much in a year's time and rewrite our stories. You know, I want to leave you with a thought that has really, really been on my heart. So many of us say that we would die for our loved ones, and we would, our significant other, our wife, our husband, our sister, our brother, you know, our children, we would die for them. And I believe that when people say that, I believe that, you know, you would step in front of a train or, you know, there isn't anything we wouldn't do for our loved ones, but why aren't we living for them? Why aren't we doing the things that take some discipline in order to be there for our loved ones? You know, to be there to support our, our children with, as they start their families or, to be able to live a good quality of life with our, our significant, our significant other into our later years. You know, there's so many things that we can do to live in good health and to 
try to avoid getting into, you know, these high risk categories for cancers and chronic illnesses, you know, that saying of, you know, people just walk passively into chronic illness. I do believe that's true. I do believe that we put too much trust in our doctors to go in for that 15 minute visit once a year. They don't know us. They don't know how we feel. They don't know, you know, and they're, they're prescribing pharmaceuticals for symptoms or, um, they're just not looking at, you know, what is below that symptom? What is it that's causing the high blood pressure? A lot of times it's lifestyle change. What, why are we pre-diabetic? You know, so much of it can be prevented or reversed with lifestyle changes. I mean, sure, we are dealt a certain, you know, hand with our genetics and we may be predisposed to certain illnesses, um, autoimmune conditions, you know, Certain cancers might run in our family, diabetes might run in our family, but our lifestyle is the gasoline that we're putting on, on the card that we're dealt. And there's so much we can do. Um, you know, I encourage you to think of the big things. You know, there's things that we're doing that we know, we know without a doubt are putting ourselves at such a high risk for disease and cancers. And we know it's going to shorten our life. You know, we're smart. We know we don't have to be told. But it's hard and it's uncomfortable. And a lot of the things that we do that are putting us in harm's way, the smoking, the excessive drinking, a lot of times we've used those things as crutches to help us through difficult times to numb out difficult things that we that we have been through in our life trauma and I'm not downplaying any of it you know but when you look at the tools that are out there for us in this world you know the like I said the mindful practice is helping us to deal with anxiety and depression um, trying it seeing if it helps I've seen and had friends and family members um, that have suffered you know with with these vices and and so it's hard. I know that it's never intentional. You know, we can make the decision and we can do the hard work. And so when you say that you, you know, would die for your loved ones, I think that we just need to start living for them. Thank you so much for staying with me. And I hope that 2023 brings huge changes in your life. And I hope that you grab somebody who needs to work on their health, bring them along, you know, maybe it could really make a difference in their life. I welcome you to share this episode with a friend or a family member or a loved one, anybody who you think might benefit from listening. And let's bring in the new year with hope and optimism, good health, blessings for our families. And definitely let's go into 2023 with the mindset of doing it differently.